Good evening, welcome to episode 81 of La Magicast. I'm your host, Scott Monroe. Uh, we are recording, I would say, 20 minutes after Roma 1, Bologna 0. Uh, with me today is uh, my, co- my co-chief, Sam. How are we? Hey, Scott, how are you? Uh, on a good note today, so very different from last episode, so that's really good. That's the story as Romanisti, right? A roller coaster. But oh, here yeah. we are, happy, Plenty- on a good note today. Plenty ups and downs. And we're also joined by the doctor, Imran. How are we? We're good. We're good. Thanks. Just like uh, Sam said, two wins in a row and <laughs> we're smiling again. <laughs> I know. I know. All the, all the doom and gloom from last week has <laughs> pretty much been kicked away. And uh, we've got quite a bit to talk about. So on Thursday, Thursday night in Europa League, we're um, Roma and Amsterdam. Uh, a bit of a strange game. For me, um, I don't know what you two would, would think about it. So it was Ajax 1, Roma 2. Um, Gianluca Mancini mistake for the opener for David Klaassen's goal. And then Dusan Tadic's penalty saved by Paolo Lopez after Roger Abanez decided to do something stupid and have a brain fart, which he tends to do from, game, from time to time. Dusan Tadic's Missed his opportunity. It could have been 2-0 to Ajax. And then Lorenzo Pellegrini free kick. And then Roger Ibanez with his pearly white teeth looking like Ross Geller out of friends with the winner right at the end. Um, Imran, I will come to you first. (laughs) People (laughs) who follow follow me on social media will get that joke. (laughs) Um, Imran, I'll come to you first. What did you think of the performance in Amsterdam? The performance was uh, was good. It was, uh, I think, it was. Um, I think we were ironically we were better in the first half uh, compared to second half, despite mm-hmm. going a goal down. Um, I think um, to sum up that evening, I would say the result was very good. The performance was acceptable. Um, perhaps something you can accept on away. Uh, I mean, as an away game in Europe. Um, but we were we we got a very good result. We did, and the game itself reminded me of, I mean, gave me flashbacks from the derby game in 2010 when we were fighting for the Scudetto. We were one 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 goal down, and oh yeah, and uh, Flockari missed the penalty if I'm not mistaken. Julius said just there that we could yeah, have been two nil down. Yeah. We could have been two nil down and everything would have been over. Instead, we went on to win two one, and it it was something similar on Thursday. I think with two goals down, I think it would have been game over. Most certainly, game over for Roma in European, I mean Europe League this season. But instead, mm-hmm. we we fought back, which was very very impressive, um, and. I mean, we were fortunate to get that equaliser from a big mistake from Shell Sharpen. But then again, they were also fortunate when we handed them the 1-0 goal. So um, two mistakes. But in the end, that goal, I don't know what to say. I mean, that was out of nowhere. So unexpected. I mean, a world-class finish from the guy you least expect uh, to score. Yeah. and but he's Brazilian, you know. He's Brazilian. They have they have that. <laughs> they have it in them, you know. Like like they. So I, I remember I read somewhere a long time ago that Brazilians they they start as attacking players, as strikers, and then they <laughs> then they get the move back. To whichever, yeah, yeah. So, but it, it was I would say to sum it up once again, a very good result. Uh, not as good performance. I mean, ironically, the second half when we scored two goals, I think. Ajax were much better than us. They were dominating. They had they had some really good chances. Paul Lopez was very good in goal. Uh, the defense was not as I mean we we gave them too much space. And when du, du, when Tad, Dusan Tadic didn't find the space in in the center, he moved to the left, and we and, you know they started playing some really good football. And um, so we were fortunate. 
in some way. But at the same time, I think uh, we didn't panic like we do in uh, Serie A. So we kept our cool. We we absorbed the pressure and we fought our way back in the game. And I think it was a very mature performance from many of the players, uh, especially Jekko. I mean, Jekko has been getting criticism, but he, I think he was, he was very good because he, I don't think he lost a single header. I mean, he won every ball, uh, whichever was thrown to him. And he was very good at keeping the ball, keeping possession, um, switching plays. Uh, so overall, a very good result. I'm very happy with the result. You and me both, I think we exchanged WhatsApp messages through the night, um, after the game and through Friday when my internet was down. Um, apologies. We would have recorded this episode probably Friday. Um, I think we planned to do it Friday, but my internet went down Thursday afternoon, which caused a bit of havoc. But I was allowed, I did, was fortunate to watch the game because it didn't affect my TV. Um, Sam. Um, was you? What did you think of about the defensive performance? Um, Gianluca Mancini and Roger Ibanez made some mistakes, but Ibanez he redeemed himself at the end with the goal. But these defensive mistakes happen quite a lot recently in Serie A, and again, it happened on Thursday against Ajax. It just seems to be occurring quite a lot. How did you feel about the defense? It even happened, um, and I know we're recording after the the Bologna game. It even happened yeah. in the first half of the Bologna game. I think we we fixed it a little bit on the second half, and we we you know the team the team adjusted a little bit for the second half. They play a little better. But um, going back to the Ajax game, yeah, uh, it w- I go back to the same word I used earlier with uh, my intro, the roller coaster. Right? Uh, we had uh, not only mm. not only Ibanez and and Mancini. Um, Paul Lopez himself, you know, he started the match against Ajax a little shaky with his feet, right? Um, so it was just amazing. Uh, we didn't see it coming at all, right? It was like a roller coaster, man. It's up and down with this team, right? Um, <laughs> I hope it is a turning point. And I know we said this before with Paul Lopez. Uh, he has been, I read an article the other day, he has been one of the best goalkeepers statistically in the Europe in the Europa League this year. So that that is interesting for a... For a guy that has gotten so much stick, right? Um, so yeah, I hope I hope this is a turning point. Going back to your question, as far as defensively, uh, I mean, this it's nothing new, right? We've seen it all season, um, mm. right? Um, I mean, obviously it doesn't hurt. We thought we thought Chris Smalling was going to take a big part of it, and it was going to be a big part of, of the team, and he he hasn't. You know, it was really hard to replicate his performances from last year as well. It was always going to be hard, especially like you said it before, with no preseason for him. Um, I don't know. Uh, hopefully, it's enough for us. Um, we should be able. To, I mean, it's hard to talk about next Thursday. But we should be able to take care of business with what we have on Thursday. And we'll see. We'll see what happens going forward. I agree. Um, I was look, uh, reading into our stats this season in the Europa League. Um, we've only dropped points in the group stage. It was against CSK Sofia, so we lost. 3-1 in Bulgaria and drew 0-0 Five straight wins, right? Because we yeah, against Braga and against uh, Shakhtar, we swept them. Shakhtar, yeah. And we did the double over Kluge and did the double over Young Boys. So in the Europa League, we've only haven't, I think it's 11, played 11, won 9, drawn 1, lost 1. Yeah, that's pretty much, that's flawless this season in the Europa League. But it, 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 um, it frustrates me because we cannot take that form into Serie A. I just feel um, like Serie A is way harder than Europa League, man. Yeah. Way harder. I think coaches are pretty much in Serie A, in it, especially in Italy. They're yeah, so different level. Yeah. Different level where I feel in the Europa League. I don't know if you both of you would agree where it's a bit more open. Um, I actually were a bit like open, like, I think I've read some something beforehand that um, you, like the midfield would just get in a lot of space in the second half, especially on the counter attack. And I ex- they play four like four three three, but it's mainly like a three six one with like the defensive midfielder dropping in to be like a third centre half to be the ball playing centre half. That's mainly could be like uh, Edson Alvarez or Lissandro Martinez and like. What what Johan said when he when he was on the pod last week, I, talk, I tend to agree. Like 
it's been a bit too easy for them in, in the Dutch Eredivisie and maybe they've coasted in the Europa League and to come up against a team like Roma, do you think there was a, just a bit, it was a bit too samey and a bit too predictable for them in the in that game, Imran? I think they got it tough because of uh, inexperience as well. Um, mm. And uh, and also the lack of competition, uh, like you said, like you said in the previous episode, uh, that was quite obvious because um, I felt that, it, it, especially when he when we were attacking against him, it was I was surprised by how much space we were given, uh, and mm. the fact that they were in that tight in defense. And one thing which I regret that we didn't capitalize on much more was the. Aerial, I mean, attacking in, the, uh, I mean, set pieces uh, because they didn't have physically strong defenders, central defenders. I, I felt like Jack was winning every header in, even in the box uh, where we're setting a place. So I, I wish that we would have capitalized on that more because we we just didn't play on that. If we did a bit more, it would have been it would have been even better. But it, it would be. It, it will be interesting. I don't think it's over. I don't think it's over, even, even though we have uh, a very good result going into the game. Still, ninety minutes to play. I do think the two away goals are, are massive, and um, I th- if Roma score first in Rome, I think one one and a half foot is in the semi final. And potentially could be facing Manchester United. Um, I do agree with the, the aerial threat. They were missing uh, Pierre Schurz and they had Uren Timber and uh, Devon Wrench. Is like uh, yeah. Wrench. Wrench played right back. Timber played centre back. Where was it? Martinez and oh, then Tagliafico. Yeah, Nico Tagliafico. Yeah, he was playing left back. And the the height is that they're not very tall. Uh, Timber and Wrench are quite quite young and they're they will grow into be like the next Ajax cab off the rank. Um, but yeah, if Per Schurz was playing against Jekyll, I think it could have been a different story. He's a bit bit taller and it, he's like the passer in the Ajax, what I've seen. Um, they were just missing some key players in, in the defence. Like, I'm still... I still in dream of how we won in Ajax. Um, Sam, what? I'll come to you. Yes. Oh, go on. Yeah, go on. You know what makes me uh, a little bit, uh, and I know we scored two away goals, and we're looking, we're in good shape for Thursday. But I just don't like when Roma um, approaches a match as the favorite. I always like to be the underdogs, uh, and I don't know if it affects yeah. the team mentally, and I don't know what it is. But throughout the years, I never want to be the favorite. I don't, I never want Roma to be the favorites. I don't know if the players get complacent. I don't, I don't know what it is—a mental problem that we always talk about. That's the only. Thing that I don't like about heading into Thursday. I know it's very small detail, but uh, th- throughout the years, it's shown that sometimes it's a big factor. Yeah, I agree with you. Yeah, um, like just because Imran was talking about the 2009-2010 season, he said about the Lazio. Do you remember when we lost to Sampdoria in like with three weeks to go, and we were favourites to win the Scudetto? Um, yeah, that, that was uh, for the old crew of La Magicas. I don't know. I don't know if you knew this. Uh, it was banned. Yeah. We're not allowed to talk about that. Cut, cut, cut. We cut it. We cut it. We cut it. That was a rule that was said by the old crew. Uh, apologies <laughs> but yeah no, I, I agree like I agree like in big games I prefer to be the underdog because you can go in there playing with no fear uh, but if you're the prize to, to win and everything's on you to win this game Roma tend to have the mentality of just not turning up in the bigger games I don't know if you, you two would agree like I, totally. I definitely appear yeah, definitely to be uh, to be the underdog. Um, Sam, who was your standout players for in the in the game in in Holland? Um, Paul Lopez. He was uh, key. He was vital. Um, and it's so funny to say that because he started so shaky with his feet, right? And mm. then uh, he turned it out. We always knew. I mean, I. You know, he's shown that he's a good shot stopper, right? Uh, from far away, it's just the little things, the little, the little specific things that where he makes mistakes, right? 
um, he thought we thought uh, his playing with his feet was one of his strengths, right? Uh, he's shown that he's up and down with that, right? When he gets it going, sometimes he's decent, but when he makes mistakes, he tries to rush, he gets nervous, right? Um, for a lot of my listeners on the Spanish side on Planeta Roma, they tell me about Paul Lopez, that he, he doesn't inspire some confidence. Uh, and I think he's been trying to change that in the last few weeks, but uh, I don't know. I don't know. Uh, going forward with him... More than this season, I don't know. But for the for your questions, uh, who was the best player uh, in Amsterdam the other day? I think it was him, Paul Lopez. Mm, I agree, Imran. I'll fire that over to yourself. Oh yeah, definitely, Paul Lopez. And it's interesting. I agree with Sam with what he says because I've been quite surprised by the fact that Paul Lopez has not been able to redeem himself. I mean, for more than a year now, it's been it's been almost uh, it's been almost one and a half years since that derby where he made a mistake, and ever since that, his confidence, you know, has been shattered, and he has not been able to pick himself up. I would have expected him would have expected him to be uh, a bit stronger when it comes to I mean, mentality wise, and uh, but he he and psychologically, but I was I've been surprised because. You know, we, we mentioned that he makes he makes some silly mistakes when it comes to losing possession, especially with the ball at his feet, and that's his that's one of his strongest areas. That's one mm. of his strengths, and he's not he's not he's not able to be. I mean, he's not able to play on that. Uh, and it, it, you see, I, I feel really sorry for him because I, I would have felt that that at some stage he would have shown signs that. He's on his way back. He, well, he did that. Uh, he's been. He has done that, but we haven't seen it consistently. Consistently, and that's that's what worrying well, worries me, uh, especially going into next season. Uh, but he's a good lad. I wish for him that uh, he regains that confidence because if he does, I think he he can he has the potential to become a very good goalkeeper. Yeah, uh, January 2020 was the Rome derby, which ended 1-0 where Roma went 1-0 up and then his mistake cost Roma the game. And that was a, um, a tale of two goalkeepers making mistakes. I, I remember Tom, Thomas Strakosha making a mistake for Roma's goal. Yeah. Um, but yeah, um, I'm going to add, Paul Lopez was fantastic, um, especially in the second half. He made some really, really good stops against Brian Brobby, who came on and like, added a bit more uh, of a dimension to Ajax's attack, which meant Dusan Tadic moved to a left-hand side because he looked a little bit isolated and couldn't really create the game. But when he came, when he went out wide, he, he looked more dangerous. But yeah, Lopez, um, Paul Lopez was fantastic. Um, Totally agree. He's been he's been copping a lot of stick on social media, probably since the Rome derby. And it, the asset that the twenty three million pound asset asset that Roma invested in him, I just hope it comes into fruition in the next couple of weeks and the last month of the season. Because next season, I don't think he's going to be number one. I do think Roma will be going for an, another goalkeeper. I, I will add that Edin Dzeko was tremendous, and I he was back not not back to his, his old self but I do feel that he was dominant in the air and he did give yeah. the, the Ajax defence a lot of problems with his um, aerial prowess and his, his hold up play was tremendous in the second half and it got Roma up up higher in the pitch yeah. when it was needed when when when, Rome, when Ajax were dominating but yeah that is, I'm still I'm grinning from ear to ear <laughs> talking about that performance yeah. on, um, on Thursday Um Fast forward a couple of days, as as I said earlier, we're recording not long after Roma won Bologna nil. Um, Imran, we we talked about it at the end of last week. You wanted a more rotated squad, uh, start and eleven. Would you satisfied satisfied with that today? Oh yes, definitely. Uh, it was it was the right thing to do. I mean, it's easy to say that when we got to three points, despite not a very good. Performance. I mean, the performance improved in the second half, but the first half was mm. was very poor. I mean, it was lack of energy, lack of lack of will. I mean, lack. There was it was very slack. The performance in the first half. I mean, despite going, despite getting the, I mean, taking the lead through a very good ice cold finish from Borja Mayoral. 
Um, the second half, I think we we played much better. I mean, we had better control. We didn't allow them uh, as many chances as we did in the first half. It was um, it was uh, <laughs> it was quite surprising. I mean, if you look back at the chances they missed in the first half, I mean, uh, Soriano, I mean, incredible miss. It was uh, the in the first 20 minutes. You were like, "Oh, yeah. boy, now one of What's those." Yeah, 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 I was feeling that. This is something you know. Like, I mean, I know I've been very critical of uh, Paulo Fonseca, but I have to give I have to give credit to him for this one because we came out uh, different in the second half. We came. I mean, you saw that there was a change in the attitude. In the performance, we played. Uh, we played on our strengths. We played. We were more in control, and it was second half was, uh, despite some minor scare. I think it was we were closer to two zero, I mean two nil, uh, than they were to an equalizer. I would say so. It, I have to give him credit for that. Uh, I, mm. I I hope it was it was part of the game plan, not something just, uh, yeah. So that's uh, that was good. My caveat to that: Do you think he'll do the same next Sunday for the same kickoff time for the Torino game? It depends on the result on Thursday, right? Yeah. But will he need to? Yeah, we hope we we hope he does, right? I mean, he did it today to rest place for Thursday. I mean, we need to be better prepared. Thursday, yeah. What do you guys think uh, of Brian Reynolds' debut? Debut that, because he was that was my next time? question. Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah, that was yeah. my next question to yourself, Sam. Actually, what what did you think of Brian Reynolds on his first team? It was start? it was always going to be hard. Um, I think he started the match okay, but he ran out of steam. He was uh, Fonseca changed him uh, at the right time. Uh, and it, it, he was becoming a little bit of a liability defensively on the one and twos. Um, but I think I mean it's always going to be hard to make your first start in Serie. A. Um, I think the kid is good physically. I think he can improve on his uh, crossing. I saw one today. Um, I think he's one for the future. Hopefully give, try to give him some minutes in the league, but uh, we'll see if with a good preseason, maybe next year will be a little bit more of a factor. I'm happy that he made his debut for sure. Yeah, I think we all three of us have talked about him on the pod. Um, I think me and you, Sam, agreed that could be seen be sent out on loan to like a, another Serie A side or an, uh, a Serie B side next season. That could be a possibility, yes, yes. Yeah, so you can get some minutes, game time. Yeah. yeah. I wanted to ask uh, Sam another question. You, you do a, a Spanish Roma podcast. Um, I don't know if you guys have talked about Pedro, but what has happened to him in the last four months? His form has dipped. Um, it doesn't seem the right the right person who started the season so well for Roma since, since his arrival from Chelsea last summer. Um, I don't know if you guys have talked about his drop-off in form. Yeah. I just wanted to know what, what have you thought about him in the last few weeks, maybe months? Yeah, he's, yeah, he's I don't know. Uh, I mean, he, he needed to be part of the rotations because we don't have a, lo- a lot of players. I mean, we were actually talking mm-hmm. on, on, on through WhatsApp earlier through, in the match right, with, my, with my Spanish crew. Uh, you know, how can you expect Borja Mayoral to be an impact if you have uh, Pedro and, 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 and bueno, Carlos Perez in a, in, a less, in a less sense? But Pedro not being very precise with the ball, right? He was losing every ball he had. Granted, he, mm-hmm. got, he got a lot better. He worked a lot harder in the second half. I think he did a lot better job, but uh, he, did, he worked really hard for the team coming back and everything. He, he, I, I personally think he had a decent second half. But that first half was atrocious, and that... You know, he's been having that form since the beginning of the season. I don't know. And, you know, the problem with him is I think we're tied up with him for a few years because I think we gave him somewhat of a long contract. So that'll be interesting to see what we do going forward. I think he's going to, because of his contract, he's going to stick around with the team next season. Um, Listen, I don't know what to make of Pedro. You know, that just goes to show that it doesn't matter if you're a player that comes with a good with a good uh, resume, right? Rome is tough for even for a young guy or for a nice, established, experienced guy, right? Rome has that, that ambiente. It's tough. It's not easy to make it in Rome. Yeah, it's the atmosphere and the like surroundings of Rome. I think me and Imran have talked about this on social media before. It 
can chew you up and spit you out. Just look at what the signings we've made in the past. Uh, do you remember, was it 1415, um, Sado Dumbia, who did so well in Russia? And what did he do in Rome? And it just, it didn't work out for him. But yeah, um, Pedro for and me. Pedro is, is a is, big, way bigger name than Dumbia. Yeah. Pedro is a yeah. well established Champions League winner. Oh, yeah, look what he's won at what Barcelona. Look what he did at Chelsea. Like he won he's the league. Won every, he won, everywhere he's gone, yeah. Yeah, he's won everything he's gone. It's just like it's a different atmosphere, it's a different style of football. Like Rome at the best of times can be toxic. Like I've been to games when it's been horrible atmosphere and the crowd gets on your back. But luckily with no crowds, players don't get affected. Um Imran, I'll come to you next. Bochemeyer out. Um he needed that goal, didn't he, for his confidence, but He looked a little bit lost in the first half. In the second half, he, he looked a bit more, got himself into the game. Do you feel that he, when Roma are full going, like full counter-attack going, and they're, they're full throttle, he can slow them down quite a bit? I saw it a couple of times today. Yeah, he, especially when he drops deep, uh, uh, which he does quite often. Um, but at the same time, we don't have. I mean, if you look at the situations where we, we had today, where he, uh, I mean, fell deep to pick up position, we didn't have many players going forward. So you would sometimes want him to play the ball early so it can, you know, pass on more quickly. But um, but then again, I think um, it's not something that I've, I mean, noticed that much uh, I mean so but his other game was uh, I mean all around I think it was it was a decent performance um, some of the decision making was questionable but apart from that overall an acceptable performance um, I'll ask this to both of you do you think Roma will take up the agreement do you think they will take him on long term or do you think they will go for two strikers in the summer I think he's making a good case for himself to stay another year. Yeah, I know mm -hmm. the loan will be the option yeah. to buy will be a little bit more expensive after year two. I think it's fifteen or twenty million after year two. Okay, but I think uh, I think he's making a big case for him to stay. Right, I think he's definitely been the best. Uh, I don't know if you want to call it backup striker that we had in the last few years. Definitely better than Sheik and and Nikola Kalinic. Yeah, I would I would also say that that he has done enough to earn him another season with us. So I think that loan will be extended, first and foremost. Mm. Uh, I think and, so too. But, but he, he's not ready to start it. You cannot rely on him. So I think next season will be decisive for him because he he was only 23 when he came to Roma. He's going to turn 24 this year if he hasn't already because he's born in 97. And he... Everyone knew that it would be too much to expect from him. I mean, given... Where he had played, what he had done is in his career. Um, he as, also found himself a, in a tough a position, right? Because he was he was in the middle of the fight between Sheko and, and Fonseca, and he didn't know, uh, you know, earlier this year if he was starting because he was the actual uh, starter or because he started because you know Fonseca <laughs> yeah. didn't want to play Sheko. You know, it's a tough position for a forward to be, especially in his first year in Rome. Yeah, it, it was, but I think he handled it well. Uh, he looks like a. It looks like it looks like a very empathic guy, and uh, I think he deserves another season. And next season will be, like I said, will be decisive. I hope he, he takes. He's, yeah, he's having step. a sorry to call you. He's having a very a, a, a better first season than Sheko had. Yeah, you can say that because the first Sheko's first season was first of all. I mean, he scored a very he he had a very good game against Juventus, where he scored a goal and we won two zero. Mm. But then. Then we were struggling under Garcia, and when Spalletti came, he didn't play much because Spalletti preferred, you know, Salah, Perotti, and El Sharawi. Uh, El Sharawi, yeah. <laughs> I'm the 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 Tridente there. Thank you, Scott. And uh, Jeko was all, but the season after he was a monster. He was a monster the season after. Sixteen, seventeen, his. Breakout. Yeah, so like 30-something yeah. goals? 36, I think? Yeah. 20, 29 Serie A goals. Yeah. 29 yeah. Serie A goals, yeah. 
but he scored a lot in the Europa League. He scored four goals against V. No, was it a hat trick against Villarreal? Yeah, I think hat-trick. it was a hat trick. Yeah, hat trick. Emerson got the other one. Emerson got the other one. Yeah. So, but your point, uh, Sam. First season he struggled, but Jaco had a different role. Jaco was uh, the big signing. He came with a lot of pressure in the new league. Oh. Um, so it, it was all all eyes around Jaco and the defenders, the teams, whenever they prepared for the game against Roma, I mean, Jaco was always going to be a central part of that. I mean, tactical preparation, how to neutralize him. So the focus was a lot around him. The focus is not as much around uh, Borja Mayoral, um, but he still did well. And I think the next season will be, yeah, very important for him but I'm, I would be very surprised if they don't take up the option to extend his loan but I don't think they will buy him this summer I think it's a bit early yeah they might wait until end of next summer so summer 2022 um, before they can make a decision I think he's got 7 Serie goals and 6 Europa League goals so he's 13 in his first first full season in Italy I think he's done pretty well he's been a really good backup for Dzeko Dzeko's not had the greatest of what 18 months in Rome since Paolo Fonseca has come in but yeah um, I tend to agree with you guys Um, I think he'd be a good backup I do I think we've all three of us have talked about that Roma's like big priority for next season is another striker because uh, we do feel like Ed and Jacko's time in Rome is coming to an end Um, I'll ask you both this in the final point on the on the Bologna game who's who was both of your stand-up players for today's game Imran I'll come to you uh, I think I think Fatsi was good uh, he, yeah, he was yeah. very good in the air I think he surprised me because uh, and uh, I wanted to add another thing on Fatsi I was actually a bit surprised that he has been uh, I mean, he has been frozen out from the team, especially considering he had two years left on his contract. I was always under the impression that he had one year left on his, under his contract, uh, which would make it more understandable. When you have two years and you get frozen out like that, I, I don't think it was that bad. So I was a bit surprised by that. I think he could have been more useful. But of course, you need consistency. And the, 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 I mean, the, the performances he got, you know, the one... I do think he needs game time. Do you think he's the type of player who needs to be playing football? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He, he didn't play I mean, for a while. Was it? He played. He, he's been. He, he has yeah, played only, I think, three or four games this season in Serie A. Uh, yeah. He's playing. He's played in the Europa League, though. But I mean, his uh, the Milan game is memorable because he considered a penalty and wasn't particularly good there. But uh, yes, yeah, so he was good. He was good. I think. Uh, I think Reynolds was had a solid debut. I think he. He. he I mean, solid. Start first start. I think that was he did well. Diawara was uh, Diawara was very lively. I mean, he was he I haven't seen him uh, run that much and try. I mean, be so he was persisting, you know, when it came to attacks and he he wanted to do a lot. And that was a bit that was a bit surprising. And uh, who else? Yeah, I, I would say, and of course, Borja Mayral, who got the goal, credits to him. Mm. But um, yeah, the defense was good. You have to give it to them in the second half, at least. Uh, they called the passing yeah. lanes a lot better than the first half, yeah. But, yeah, agreed. Yeah. Um, Sam, how about yourself? Um, I think he said it. I think Federico Fassi was my man of the match, but I also like to point uh, Bruno Perez. I think he had a good match. Uh, and Antonio Mirante. Uh, I think he had a couple of uh, good saves, especially in the first yeah. half. Uh, yeah, man of the match, uh, Fasio. I think I would say Fasio. Yes, um, and also I like to say that uh, you know what, Paolo Fonseca. I think I'm gonna name it up there too, uh, because you know after the f- not very good first half, uh, the team actually adjusted in the second half. They came out and they came out and closed out the match. It wasn't a spectacular performance, um, but I think he got it right this time, um, and uh, it's. Uh, and also with the rotating squad, right now, now with a mm. lot of players missing, I think I think points for Fonseca on this one too. Um, and you know what? It's nice to not be talking about the next coach and the, and so early, you know. So <laughs> I, I think it's good that we're dragging that conversation at least for a few weeks. It's boring. Yeah, wait, yeah, wait I until mean, the end uh, of May. 
At least we're having some meaningful matches, you know. That that's more than we could expect a few match a few weeks ago. Like we were weren't looking so good. Yeah, but you know, I want to say something of Fonseca because uh, I've been very critical of him. I mean, I think it's been very obvious, but I think uh, he also deserves credit for giving uh, some. I mean, many of the players that Petraki signed, he gave them a chance, whereas. If there would have been other coach, I mean, if you had another coach, I think I don't think they would have gotten as many chances. And I'm talk- talking about Ibanez. I'm talking about Gonzalo Villar. Uh, mm. Especially these two guys. I mean, he deserves the credit for giving them, I mean, the career that they've got in Roma and the, the importance they uh, they have in the team, the role they have in the team, and the develop the development they that they have had. I think he he deserves the credit for that. Um, it's easy to ignore that in the in the middle of everything, but I think he deserves the credit for, especially those two players, because no would have no one would have expected. I mean, we we laughed at those signings, you know, uh, Ibanez who who has who I don't, I don't think he had played more than two sub appearances for Atalanta, and then. You bring a guy from Segunda B, the second division in the uh, Spanish league. Uh, but yeah, I, I, I would have to give him credit for that. And especially when you have, I mean, if, if you had uh, Spalletti, he would have played Fazio, I think, uh, because mm-hmm. he did something similar in 2006, uh, no, 2016 against Porto. <laughs> he started the uh, Fermelen. Um, oh, God, yeah. Arsenal. He, oh, he started him. He started oh, him just damn. because of his name, you know. He, it was just his name, and uh, we knew that uh, Rudiger. I mean, Rudiger didn't play as much in the beginning, but he started playing. Fazio was new in that summer. He, I think, would have been a better choice, but but he was as big as he didn't have that big name which Vermeulen had at the time, so he didn't start. I think it's easy for coaches to fall into that trap. I'm not saying Fonseca recognized the talents of these guys from the first day and started them, but they must have done something in 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 the in the training. I mean, the training sessions, which which made him give them the chances. And I think, yeah, so I, I would give him a big shout out there. I mean, despite yeah. all all the critical things I've said. Yeah, totally agree with that, Imran. Um, I, d- I just want to bring up a final, pork, uh, final point, sorry, which I did find quite amusing and I thought it was very good. Um, did you both see what happened to uh, Lorenzo Pellegrini after he got booked? No, I missed it. No, I understand. He, he gave Gonzalo Villa a, a bit oh, of a yeah, bollock yeah, 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 yeah. and a bit of a telling off after stop stop playing around and I think that was quite good a, a bit of leadership on the pitch in the final I, yeah, when yeah, yeah. Roma... like, come on stop taking such a big come risk on. I ate yeah. that, that yellow card because of you right yeah, yeah right yeah so, and now he's gonna yeah, now I mean, he's gonna miss the Torino game you know players yeah, like Villar yeah. and Ibanez they're risk takers right you gotta they, they're bold but you gotta know when to you know you, a simple pass back and start the start the play on the other side would have been the right move for 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 Villar there he's a risk taker you know yeah, but I mean, he's a risk taker, but don't take risks. I mean, don't take risks where you put your teammates in danger. Fair you know, enough. Where you, risk the, where you risk the balance of the whole team. I mean, don't do that. If you try something, but I mean, do it when you have the coverage. In I mean, because Pellegrini had to pick up that yellow card just because he made that mistake. Mm. And yeah, it was right to tell him off. So that's two wins in uh, in the space of four days. Um, a bit of relief after the past few weeks of that. Um, I wanted to bring on the next part, which was um, Daniele De Rossi, sadly in, in the hospital due to um, his COVID-19. He caught COVID-19 during the international break. And I think, Sam, you sent something around on Friday to the, to the WhatsApp group that they, he's been hosp- hospitalised. Um, just going to send him our well wishes to, to hope he makes a speedy recovery. Um, it was quite scary reading on a Football Italia that he felt um, he fainted as soon as he, he got up out of his, uh, tried to get up and he realised that he couldn't do this at home and so he had to as a precaution, had to go to hospital. So I just want to wish him a speedy recovery. Um, and also, Saturday, so yesterday, 10th of April, 2018, 
three years ago was the Roma 3 Barcelona nil. And Imran, you were actually... No, you were actually at the Liverpool game. I apologise. Um, but um, three years ago, that just seems so far away. What did you... How, for both of you, what a night. Just amazing, amazing. I think, Sam, we talked about this off pod. You were... Where were... No, no that was the... That, that was the, uh, the Totty's last game, sorry. We were no, talking about that. No, I was... I didn't go to the Barcelona. I wasn't in Rome for the Barcelona tie. I was in no. Rome for the round before, for the Shakhtar tie. Ah, and Shakhtar, Fonseca was, in the, the was the coach of Shakhtar. Yeah, I was there a month before the that match. So about three years ago, in March 2018. But this, this happened on April yeah. 10th. 2018, a match, uh, a day that was hard to forget, right? No, unbelievable. unbelievable. I was, I was, I was, I was, uh, I was running around my house. My wife is like, "What in the world is happening to you?" <laughs> I was literally running around my couch. I, like, you know, throughout the years, I learned to watch Roma matches. You know, I used to get, I was younger, I used to get very emotional and jealous of the TV. Throughout the years, I'm just a little bit more calm, right? I sit on my couch and I, I spur a couple of words here and there, but I'm mostly, most of the time, I'm calm when I watch Roma, right? Nowadays, that, not that night, I'll tell you. That was not that unbel- night. Not that night. That was unbelievable. And the commentary and the whole thing was just great. What a night. Peter Jury's commentary for here in the UK is that's idolized. The, that's the one I was referring to, yeah. Uh, yeah. And it's <laughs> like, yeah, it's, his commentary for the Costas Manolas goal is just like, it, it's gone viral. And uh, I did a podcast on Manolas Post last year where I talked about this game because it, it means so much to us Roma fans. Um, I was actually in New Orleans, so I didn't actually get to watch the game. I was I was watching the wrestling in New Orleans, but I was trying to find uh, a channel here in the states to watch it. But they they advertised the game on uh, FS1, but they bloody showed Man City Liverpool, which Liverpool won two one. And when I saw when they showed the goals at the end, they said, "Oh, there's been a goal in Rome. It's three 0 I went absolutely mental. And then they showed the, the the last couple of minutes after the Liverpool winning. In Manchester, I, I physically broke down in my hotel room. Thankfully, I was on my own and my other mates were out and they didn't get to see me because I just physically broke down in tears and ran around the hotel room like an absolute lunatic. Um, oh, God, what a night. What a game. Um, like I think the game is on uh, football. Is it footballalia.net or .com where... They relive live games from the past and the archives. Yeah. And I watched a bit of it last year, and I watched clips of on YouTube yesterday, and I found myself welling up when Under took the corner and just it went in for Manolas's header. And so BT Sport have got the rights to the Champions League here in the UK, and they did two videos, and the video with the final minute of the game. It's just that it's unbelievable. The atmosphere in the at the Olympico that night must have been electric, and it's it was wild. You just see all the celebrations on the pitch, and it's just it was magnificent. And a part of me wishes I was there. <laughs> I know, I know. Me too. I chose the wrong month to go, but I there was no guarantees with Roma, so I had to take it. You know. Yeah, I, I I remember also what I, I had given up on that time. Everyone had given up. Nobody would have believed we would have, we would turn that game around and win. So I was gonna watch the game with two fans, and I was like one zero, ah, you know. But then I realized, you know, we're actually playing really well. We're playing really well. I mean, we didn't allow Barcelona anything. I mean, it was like, you know, it's one of those games that every player is up for it. You know. Is <laughs> every player is up and I mean we neutral. I mean, I think Juan Jesus was playing. He neutralized Messi totally. I mean, Everything just worked who, out. Roma. I mean, Barcelona yeah. was seem a little bit off too until 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 you know they seem a little bit off until Manola Manola scored the third goal and then the last few minutes were oh my goodness gracious. But I think I, I think it was it was uh, it was because we neutralized him. I mean, they had nothing to come up with. Agree, um, yes. That's that, that that's our <laughs> and then. Uh, 2-0, I was like, okay, but I was still like, like. but when the last thing happened, I was like, wow, 
this is actually happening. I mean, you know, just like the commentary, I didn't even watch it in English, but uh, wow, this <laughs> is actually happening. And then, you know, I was like, it would be so typical Roma to concede now. But then, you know, we absorbed that pressure and when the referee, you know, blew for the full time, I was like, you know, like sometimes you just have to, you know, breathe a sigh of relief, like what just happened? And then, you know, you go to social media. You you just wanna you just wanna read. You just wanna read about the game. You wanna see every post match interview. You, you wanna see the celebrations. You wanna see what the experts around the world are saying because every all eyes were Roma. And, and I mean, it, it was it was surreal. It was out of this world. And unfortunately, I mean, the reason we speak about it. I mean, the reason we mention the anniversary is because unfortunately it doesn't happen so often. So we have to we have to look back uh, at these moments. I wish they did uh, more often, so we didn't have to. But that's one part of being a Romanista, you know, that's, uh, is uh, to 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 celebrate and remember these moments. Everything was just right that night, right? Like you say, Juan Jesus had a phenomenal. Yeah. Even Sheik, mm. I think Patrick Sheik had had the best performance of his Roma Sheik career. Was I think, good, that yeah. night. Sheik was good. Sheik yeah. was good, yeah. It was like uh, everyone, you know, like every, it was just working so perfectly. Uh, unfortunately, didn't replicate. I remember after. For the next game, for the Liverpool game. Oh, but yeah. I, I, that was, the, the, that was remember, the hand, and that's another, that's another topic, yeah, right? I mean, that, it, that was, was the so, year, the year, the last Champions League without a bar. Yeah, that's our loss. Yeah. 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 <laughs> And I, I was there in Rome, you know, for that game, and the atmosphere was electrifying. It was, uh, I mean, despite the result, the I've never seen, I've mean, never seen the Olympico buzzing like that. It was, it was something else. It was, it's difficult to describe, but it was wonderful. Yeah. So those little moments that, like you say, don't happen very often. So we remember, remember them dearly, right? Yeah, we have to remember those moments, don't we? I'm just going to, uh, my last point of that, Roma beat Barcelona with a back three of Federico Fazio, Juan Jesus and Costas Manolas with Florenzi <laughs> and Kolarov as wing backs. And then uh, I think Daniele De Rossi, Kevin Strutman, Nyingalan, Schick and Dzeko. That was, that was a very pretty good. That was a good, a good a really certainly a very strong midfield. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah, uh, yeah. Under, under, and El Sharari came on because El Sharari had the chance right near the end with um, Mark Andre Tuskega pulled off an absolute wonderful save. It is, uh, it is near post, and I think two minutes later, Manalas scored. We had a bit, bit scared too at the end with uh, with yeah. Allison going off his going off the goalie, like all the way almost until like. Outside of his, out, like almost until the middle, of, not almost until the middle of the field, but well out out of his goalie, and then, and then who was it? Was it um, uh, what was the, the Barcelona forward that hit the ball and he went over? Dembele, I might have been Dembele. Dembele, 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 Dembele. Yeah. yeah, that was a mini heart attack. Um, but I, you know, I remember when they're going back to Rossi score and the Peter Drury guy was like, "We think yeah. one, we think one." <laughs> that gave me chills. <laughs> And then Chris Sutton, who was the co-commentary, he's the ex, uh, he's ex Norwich, Chelsea, and Celtic striker. Goes, are Barcelona bottling it? <laughs> and then they, they had a shot of Totti, in Christian Totti, right in there, and they would look at each other and they would start smiling, getting like fire up. It was just the whole thing was magical. It was, it, it was magical. Yeah, it, it was a magic night. Yeah, it, as cliche as it sounds, it was written in the stars that night in Rome in 2018. Um, guys, we just wrap a bow on, on this podcast. We've been going for quite a bit on this Sunday evening. Um, where can we find you both on social media, Imran? Same, Il Capitano. Thank you for having me again. Oh, not a problem. And Sam? Samuel Rubio, 99. And if you speak Spanish, follow me on Planeta underline Roma. And obviously you can find and the Magicas at, at La Magicas, right? I'm, I'm, I'm giving, a, I'm plugging in Planeta Roma over La Magicas. I'm sorry. Oh, no, it's <laughs> fine. Uh, we, we're, we're aiming to be uh, adding quite a bit more content and doing more podcasts. Um, 
as, as we've done quite a bit in the last couple of weeks. Um, this is my third as host. And I think we're finding our sweet spot, right? Of, of yeah. How often we want to release. That's great. Um, yeah, you can find me on Twitter at Scott underscore Monroe. I mainly talk about football, cricket, uh, like Swinning Town, AS Roma, a bit of cooking. Um, you find yourself doing a bit of cooking during during lockdown here in the UK. Um, you can f- find us on all podcast platforms like, like Stitcher, uh, Spotify, SoundCloud, and wherever you uh, you listen to us through uh, on your podcast platforms. Um, Guys, thank you for joining me on this Sunday uh, Sunday evening. Of course, this is always fun. We love doing this. Thank you. Yeah. Um, guys, thank you for joining me on a, a, on a victorious four days for Roma. And uh, ciao. Forza Roma's always. Ciao. Ciao. <laughs>